Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, I want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and my fantastic producer, Adam Zaluf. Uh, today is part two with our very special guest, who is a podcast host, a speaker. And again, when I started this show, I wanted to have guests that had impact, not just tell you they won, they lost, they hit a ball or whatever the case was. And and today we have a, a person who is not in the sports world, and that is Carol Graham, who, if you remember on our last episode, had a very um, touching and, and an impactful story of a lot of hurdles that she had to overcome and, and persevere. So today, uh, first of all, welcome back, Carol. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Well, thank you for being on again. And um, last time we, we, we stopped at uh, your, your daughter having pretty much the same uh, experiences that you had, uh, you know, rearing a child. And um, so from there, uh, let, let's take it, you know, that part of your life and uh, let's, let's go from there. All right. Sounds great. One of the things that I want to say up front, and I probably had said it on the first episode as well, and that is, please don't ever think that I'm sharing my story because I feel like a martyr. <laughs> I don't. I know that you don't, but I'm just no, putting no, never, that out there, you know, never. because um, what we use as individuals when we go through trial and error basically is what life is, right? But when we go through things that could easily knock us down is getting back up and moving forward, not staying stagnant where we were in that pity party or whatever. And as you probably realized already from the first part of this show was that there were many things that I could have easily just thrown in the towel and say, forget it. I quit because this is just too much. There's too many things that overlap. And as we ended the last part, we were talking about um, the birth of my daughter, et cetera. I want to talk about today uh, another hospital experience that I (laughs) think. This is one where there were like three or four things all happening at the same time and probably negative things and probably a pivotal point in our lives when we made the um, decision not to allow come what may to destroy us. And I think making that decision, even in that, it seemed like it got worse. Which, you know, at the at the moment didn't seem possible. But I just want to say that as a word of encouragement to your listeners, because everybody has stuff. Everybody sure. goes through stuff. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have really big stuff. And, it, you know, things that either they messed up or in their lives, you know, to create a whole set of circumstances that are negative or possibly things that happened to them. We had a combination Things happened to us, but we also messed up ourselves. You combine those two, you know, it's like a, it's like a tornado. And um, it just, 
in essence, though, made us the, who we are. It gave us the strength. It gave us the courage. And it's also a great story. Yeah, <laughs> and, it is. And I wish love it was stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, hindsight is a great teacher, too. And looking back, you think you slap yourself in the face and say, oh, my goodness, I was really that stupid. Or, oh, my goodness, how could they have done that to me? But we choose not to stay there because if we did, I'd still be wallowing, you know, in self-pity in the corner of the bathroom crying. You know, how could those people do this to me? And that's essentially what this next part of this story will lead into. I was staying at my sister's because my husband was in South Africa on a buying trip for uh, gemstones and diamonds. And I decided as long as we had decided to make the move from the Midwest to the um, West Coast. The house was was ready, packed up, et cetera. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go visit my sister for one last time before, you know, we move 3,000 miles away. So while I was there, I woke up in the middle of the night with extreme pain, like totally debilitating to the point where I could not move. In fact, it was like a paralysis from the pain that I couldn't even hardly talk and I couldn't get the words out to awaken her it was like three o'clock in the morning and so the only way I figured out I could get her attention because I was terrified you know you can't move you can't talk and and you're in extreme pain so I rolled out of bed so that the thud would wake her up and it did and they her and her husband came down and you know what the heck is going on And they realized it was very serious. They got me into the car, got me to the hospital, and they couldn't figure out, so they put me into quarantine. As it turned out, after three days, they discovered that I had spinal meningitis, which can be deadly, and had no idea, you know, how that happened to me. While I was in the hospital, I received a phone call from my father-in-law. And he said, I know you're really going through it, honey, but I have some really bad news for you. And that is, while you had left your home, your home was completely and totally destroyed. There is nothing left. Now, our home was only less than a year old, and we had just sold it, and we were just waiting for the movers to come. And here we get the news that there's nothing left. The insurance company figured that there was probably at least five people involved, like a gang, and they had had to spend hours, if not you know, a day or two, in the type of destruction. I mean, there was fires set in every room, like to burn the carpets and the drapes. There was food taken out that was already packed up taking the time to open cans of food and spread it around. They took black spray paint and spray. So it looked like a hate crime. And at that point, as I mentioned earlier in the first episode, we figured that it probably was my ex-husband. But it doesn't matter. It still was devastating. Then even more devastating when we realized that with the move, the impending move, um, our insurance had lapsed. So now we lost the sale of the house and 
we had to come up with, now this is in the 70s, so $50,000 in the 70s for repair was a lot of money. And we had to repair the home in order for you know us to sell it again. So that was that phone call while I'm sitting there, you know, <laughs> in the hospital dealing with, with this. And I hung up. And, of course, you go through all the emotions. Within an hour, I got the second phone call. It was from my father-in-law again. And he said, you are not going to believe this. But your partner, who we had in our business, who um, was privy to everything in our business, all our holdings, our real estate, our stock, um, everything that we had, uh, our, our stock, in the stock market I'm talking about, and also everything that we had, our inventory in stock, which was a, a great amount of gemstones and diamonds, they're all gone. He skipped town. No one knows what happened to him. The police have been contacted, but everything's gone. Now, you combine those three things happening in a period of a matter of hours, and it kind of throws you for a loop. And, of course, I was I don't remember what kind of medication I was on, but I'm sure I wasn't clear of thinking because they were fighting off the spinal meningitis as well. So I knew that I had to contact my husband, and I didn't know how he was going to respond because things had been, you know, we'd been struggling in other areas as well, and here he is halfway across the other side of the world. So I I didn't have the phone number to the uh, hotel where he was staying. I knew that he was, was in um, Johannesburg uh, at the, I believe it was the Johannesburg Hotel, and so I just ran. This is hard to believe, but guys, I swear this is true. I asked the nurse for a phone. She connected me with a long-distance operator, and I just dialed. And I got the Johannesburg President Hotel front desk. And I told her I wanted to talk to uh, my husband. She gave me his room, and it rang about seven or eight times. And then on the last ring, he answered, and he was out of breath. And I said, are you okay? He said, yeah, 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 I'm okay. And I said, well, honey, you're not going to believe this. And I told him what happened. First of all, I told him that I was in the hospital. I told him what happened with our home, and I told him what happened with our business. And he said, yes, he said he was aware of that because his father had called him and told him as well. And I said, you don't sound right what's 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 wrong he said well don't don't get scared but after father called me i knew what a loser i was and that i did not want to go on there was no way that i i could ever come out from under all this mess and what this has probably done to you so i made the concentrated decision to take my life and at the moment that I climbed onto the balcony railing on the 19th floor, I was just going to step off when the phone rang. Now, that doesn't give you goosebumps. Sure. <laughs> you know, and it was that phone call that stopped him. And I was able to calmly talk him down in 
this is not the end of the world. Now, we were only in our 20s at this point. And you are not a loser and et cetera, et cetera, and encouraging him and knowing that, you know, a lot of the things that happen to us in life is not our fault. Yeah, we made some dumb decisions. Of course, you're young and, and whatever. We always, you know, all can make stupid decisions. So um, therein started a new chapter. <laughs> and it was, any any more questions about that before we go on? No, no, <laughs> I'm just we letting go you, on? I'm letting you run Okay, with all right, all right. So let's see, the, um, it's hard to remember all this stuff, guys. You know, I got to. In a way, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we literally, we had to start over. And it wasn't easy. You know, we had had the insurance that we had to cover for the house. We had to move. We had no income and on and on and on. But we're also, the bottom line is we are fighters. And we do prefer to look at life from what it has to offer, not what... Um, you know, how it has hurt me. And so we made it out to the West Coast and we just rented a small little trailer to live in and began our business all over again. And, you know, got some jobs, et cetera, the whole nine yards of whatever you have to do to start again. Right. And it grew um, quite rapidly, quite quickly. And then uh, we had a friends of ours that we had recently made and met at church, actually, approach us uh, and say that they had would really be interested in opening a jewelry store. Would we be able to help them? And so, you know, we had quite a few conversations about it, and, and they had another couple that was interested as well, and they decided that they would like to make this investment, and would we, you know, they didn't know anything about it, but we would be either be able to set up the store and or run it or just set it up and show them how to run it. So all those details were taken care of. And we were able to um, rent a suite um, in a downtown um, uh, high rise, and which was strictly for, for gemstones and et cetera. So it was, it was like a, the Diamond Exchange building. And so it was, you know, very conducive to opening up a jewelry store within the building, as there were several. And about, they each gave us, I think it was $6,000, which in today's world, it sounds like nothing. And it was enough, though, to get the materials that we needed to start the renovations and then to... Uh, place our orders with the Diamond Exchange in Israel and Africa. And so we started, we knew we'd be starting low, but we also knew that we were capable of building this very quickly. And so we were about a few weeks in, and they called a meeting, these two couples with us, and they said they had changed their mind. And they decided that this was taking too long. I don't know, I guess some people expect miracles and snapping fingers and and that one day you're going to have an empty warehouse and the next day, you know, you're you're going to have a store. But regardless, we tried to talk to them and, and they said, no, we decided we want it out and we want our money back. And hence, I think you can imagine without me going into all the details, what probably happened from there. 
and panic set in for one. We didn't know what we were going to do. Sure. So then they, um, they, their demands just became like they wanted it at such and such a date, such and such a time, et cetera. So we thought we had no solution as to what to do except to take the stock that we had and fly to uh, Las Vegas because we knew that we could, you know, we had dealers there that would purchase from us and that would be that. When we did that, we made the huge mistake of not telling them. Now, do you see where this is going? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, they thought, you know, we we skipped town with their stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And um, my husband does not like confrontation. I'm usually, as as my nephew put it, when I helped them in their business, in their car business, actually, for a number of years, he said, I was like a bull moose in heat. And so if that gives you <laughs> a right. little idea. <laughs> okay. Sure. So he did not want the confrontation. I wish we had, but we didn't. And so consequently, now we're in this position. Now, I got a job while I was there. We've because it took some time you had to you just don't go walk into a you know a jewelry exchange and sell we had we had to um do some traveling and and within the area of nevada and go to different jewelry stores et cetera, et cetera. and so i i got a job I got a job in a in a hotel uh in administration and uh while i was there the fbi showed up one day showed me their badges and i didn't have a clue except that this probably is coming from uh, when, you know, we left town and yes. And they said, we have letting you know that we have arrested your husband and he's in our custody and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, that kind of, they flew him back up North and, um, I just, you know, I had to drive back and again, the, I, I just can't emphasize enough the emotion the the um what goes through your mind as far as beating yourself up and you're already down and you've already had things come at you from even at a very young age from so many different directions how do you possibly get out of this one right. now my book battered hope goes into a lot of the details which are really quite incredible e- even that whole drive back from Vegas to uh, Washington. And so uh, he had been arrested and we were able to, he was out on $10,000 bail, which we were able to get from an uncle. And then uh, we got all the details for what these people were accusing us of. But the key part here is they did not go to civil court. They went to criminal. And they went to criminal because they were screaming fraud. Now, we knew in our heart of hearts, there was no fraud involved. The only stupid mistake we made in the whole thing was splitting without letting them know. But it still does not constitute fraud. And so this turned into two years of agony of uh we couldn't afford uh, the kind of lawyer that we needed, so we had to use um, what do they call those lawyers that you get for free? Uh, the civil right, not uh, civil rights. Um, I know. I, uh, you're appointed he, them. Uh, yes, yes. I can't I, think. You know, and they're just they're yeah. usually just out of school. You know, butchers, butchers. But yeah, <laughs> I forgot what they're called. So, yeah, okay. 
But anyway, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Thankfully, I haven't had to need one, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Exactly. And they're not worth what they're chalked up to be, I'll tell you that. Right, I'm sure. They're young, and like I said, they're out of school, and, you know, we're dealing with a criminal case here with a uh, court-appointed lawyer or whatever, you know, defense, defense lawyer. So we had two years. And we were preparing our case, and we were able to get 25 people, 25 business people, you know, to vouch for us and for our business, and and on and on. And I mean, we thought we had, a, we knew we had a solid case. Plus, there was nothing that they had to prove anything differently than what we were telling them. We also said that we would be happy to make restitution, even though we got nothing out of that initial investment that they made. But we will definitely make restitution. You just want this to go away. We had um, a young uh, man that was a friend of ours, and he was he he was privy to the conversations that we had with um, this these two couples initially, and he was our only witness. And so we had a witness, a witness who could say in court that yes, he was present during because he was a, a young attorney wannabe. And, um, you know, it was helping us through the details of, of um, uh, get, uh, preparing the jewelry store and, and, and everything else. So he was privy to all those conversations. So, again, we had all our ducks in a row. We knew that this, you know, this was almost laughable. And then about six months before the trial, he committed suicide. Nice. And he was a young, influential up-and-coming lawyer, uh, the son of a very influential attorney, and um, it it shocked the whole community, and no one knew why. Two things happened to us as a result of that. Everything that we owned for our inventory for safekeeping, we kept in his safe. (laughs) Need I go more? (laughs) Yeah. It's not looking good. And his father had the combination. <laughs> so we never oh. saw any of that again. Does the word dynamite I mean, was... ring a bell, maybe? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that, I mean, like, what else can go wrong? Like, is there anything else? <laughs> wow. And uh, anyway, so uh, we continued pursuing. Of course, we had to. We had a court date set. And, but again, even without... we. Without his testimony, we knew that we had enough, even though that was devastating because he was also a friend. So he stands before the judge. There was no jury. It was just the judge who had made the decision after everything, all the evidence was presented. And the, op, the opposing side, what they said that we did was that, first of all, they quadrupled the amount of money that they gave us even though they didn't have receipts and receipts were not required of them to the judge. Uh, They said that we had promised them a $100,000 return within six months. Now any judge should know that that is total stupidity. And he probably figured that we did say that because we've obviously were stupid. I don't know. Who knows what made him make his decision as he did, but it didn't mean anything. 
you know, our testimony meant nothing. The 25 people who stood up and, you know, uh, acknowledged that we were uh, who we say we are and et cetera, et cetera, meant nothing. Nothing meant anything. The judge said that he felt that the only way that he can make this a testimony or a witness, an example to the world at large was to have my husband go to jail, go to prison, and that this would send the message that you don't mess with fraud, as he put it. And so he went to jail. He went to prison. And it was my job to um, try to figure out how, you know, how I was going to live because our income was based on our business, which I couldn't do, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, more things happened. <laughs> and As they usually sorry for do. laughing, but I feel like I'm telling a fairy tale here. <laughs> oh, and uh, while while uh, he was in prison, I be I became extremely sick to the point of near death. And I think that, and they took them a long time to figure out what was wrong with me, and I ended up it was cancer. And so, hence my cancer story, which we touched on a little bit in the first in the first part of this um, uh, this episode. But that's anyway. I'll I'll stop there. Throw in whatever you want to throw in. I'm not sure where we can go next, but there's more stories. <laughs> well, that, I'll tell you what. We're going to go to a commercial break, then we'll get okay. That sounds things. awesome. And uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Domus Pizzeria and Sports Bar, the Quaker Valley Rotary, and a good attorney, a really damn good attorney, criminal <laughs> defense attorney, Eric Jackson, Lurie. We, and uh, before we go on to uh, the break, uh, don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get it on my website, the John, uh, what the hell is that website? John Melvin Publishing.com website and the Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And don't forget about our, our boxing show, The Boxing Authorities with Smoking Jim Frazier and Luther Dupree and I. You can see it on live.vivetv.network. You can also watch it in Pittsburgh on Comcast uh, 21, uh, Verizon uh, Channel 47. And also the new show that I'm doing, Monday Night Impact, on Mancini Media. You can listen to it on blogtalkradio.com slash Mancini Sports. And you can also check it out on my Facebook page. And soon, my wonderful producer, Adam Zaluf, is going to put it on my website. So you can uh, hear uh, episodes there as well. So we're right back with Carol Graham. It's so nice to be outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern Solutions with the Allergy Care you've been looking for. Gotcha. The 
law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need him for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298. Okay, Carol. Um, now, if you have more stories, if uh, you could go on ahead. If not, we can get into you know, maybe... Uh, a couple other things. So if you have another story, go ahead uh, and, and give it to us. Okay, I'll just uh, I'll fast forward a few years and take you to 20 years ago, which um, we're now, you know, we're back in business, of course, and, and things are, are good, etc. And uh, my husband called, or uh, I was on a speaking tour, and I got a phone call that um, there had been a car accident. And of course, you know, that conjures all kinds of fear up very, very quickly. And my husband was, was in the hospital. I flew home and um, he said, he, you know, when I visited him, he said, well, he wasn't doing that bad. He just had a headache that wouldn't go away. Well, that headache that wouldn't go away never did go away. And they, it was just a, a more like a, a fender bender than anything, but the way the jolt hit him and shook his brain gave him permanent brain damage, and he had a stroke, and the that sent a blood clot to his brain that solidified, and surgery was not an option. So again, it's like all of a sudden you are back to square one. He can't work. You know everything is is stopped. And your life is now taking a complete turn in not a positive direction. At least we didn't think so at the time. So seven years, he basically was bedridden. And um, even at times I had to spoon feed him because it was, it it was terrible, uh, terrible, terrible. But you may or may not remember that in the first episode when I healed myself of cancer and I became a nutritionist and a symptomologist and was able to heal that cancer using food supplements. And that has been my business now for the last, well, over 40 years, in addition to, you know, the other things, of course. But I was able to, 
to turn my own life around when the doctor said, and I believe we, I'm quite sure, yes, I shared this story in the first episode when he said I had two years to live and hysterectomy or death, and I refused that, told the doctor basically that he was a liar and um, did cure myself and did become pregnant 14 years later. So now, after seven years of this and my husband not getting any results, he had been to 17 different specialists. No one could help him. And I finally said, enough. This is a bull moose in heat now. I'm taking over. And took him off the meds, which were basically either making him a maniac some days or a complete vegetable on others. And I said, we're doing this my way. We're doing this from the position of nutrition. Two years later, we reopened three jewelry stores. That's what tenacity and determination can do, no matter how low the chips are down. We turned it around. I got him, his health turned around very, very quickly. And... um We were able to get some investors, got them together. We opened up three stores, and as they say, the rest is history. And looking back, like we would not be as successful as we are today if we had not had to go over those hurdles, at least that's my personal belief, those hurdles, those consequences, those mistakes, and everything else not only did it make us the people that we are, but it made us successful in business far beyond what we ever dreamed possible. You know, a couple things. Herm Edwards is a a very well-known football coach. He was with, he played for the Eagles, coached for the Jets, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and now he's at Arizona State. And he was a great commentator for ESPN. And I always said that if I had a son that played college football, I'd send it to him. But anyway, uh, his, he was very close with his father, and his father was killed in a car accident years ago. And he said, after that, nothing can ever shake me. Nothing. Mm. Being fired, losing a game, whatever. So I'm, I'm thinking that with you, I mean, all the hell and all the obstacles you've had to overcome, I mean, uh, you know, what can, what can shake you? You, you know, that, that's, that's one thing from, from all the, everything that you're telling mm-hmm. me. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, I look back when something negative happened in my life or even, for example, uh, when my mom passed, I, I look back on it. And I've also told people, I told my wife this whenever her mom passed and some other people, I said, something's going to kick in and mm-hmm. it helps you deal with it. Then you look back on it and you say, you know, some people will you know, can say whatever it was, you know, I, I always say, you know, the Lord gave me the strength to go through it. Cause I know me alone, I, I couldn't do it, but you know, something obviously kicked in with you to help you deal with it. But do you ever look back on those times and say, how in the hell did I go through all those things? I mostly did that when I decided to write my book. And that's what we were talking about in the, in the first episode of what drove me to that, because my daughter was observing the different things that were happening, even as a teenager, you know, in our lives and wanting me to get that story out there. So it's taking 10 years to write that story in my memoir, Battered Hope, with all the details about all these 
overlapping uh, circumstances and situations that we were going through that I shared here on this broadcast. Um, dredging up that pain, dredging up the memories, etc. But then as, as you do that and as you look back and as you reflect, you don't stay there, but you realize this is who I am now. And I am this person because of that. That doesn't mean that we wish it on anybody or that we, you know, you have to go through tough times in order to be successful. No, that, that's right. baloney. But it's what you do with what you go through that determines who you will become. But, but I like what you just said there. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm a big quote collector, and, and I like what you said. You don't stay there. Um, that I like. I mean, you went there, you went back, and you thought about things, but you you don't stay there. And, and, and I, I love that quote. I'm, I'm writing it down right now. But, um, you know, I, I have to ask, uh, before we go to the Eric Jackson-Lurie final word, I have to ask, if you don't mind, what happened to your ex-husband. <laughs> this is a very funny story. Okay. I will give you if the- you say so. <laughs> You're getting the exclusive here. All right. I didn't give this to you already. It seems like we, we I didn't tell you what happened with my ex-husband. You sure in the first episode? <laughs> I don't remember because Adam okay, and I okay. were saying. Okay, oh. all right. Okay, you're getting the exclusive then. So... As I'm writing my book, and I realized that, um, you know, I had to dredge up all this old garbage, you know, from, from my past, including that first marriage and what he did to us. And, and, of course, we could never prove anything, et cetera. I had not had contact with him for 40 years since I got divorced. And we, that's one of the reasons that we moved, you know, from the Midwest to the West Coast. And, and I thought, I better... Um, just look him up just to see what, because in case he reads the book, right? Now, I did change the names, you know, sure. of all the characters in the book, right, et cetera. Right. And so I looked him up, and this was in August of, what year would it have been? I think it was five years ago. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I looked him up on Google, and his name pops up on pages of hmm. Google. I'm like, What? I'll give you his name, <laughs> and as if you look him up, you will have your laugh of laughs, and I'll tell you why. His name is Michael Leisner, L-I-E-S-N-E-R, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now, he was weird in many ways, but one of the things is he took it upon himself to be a guy that stood on a street corner and basically shouted and preached against the gay community. And when uh, in Minneapolis, there is a um, General Mills has their um, whole complex of buildings and it's et cetera, uh, located just outside of Minneapolis. And the first video you find if you go to Google and you put his name in there is he was standing on their grounds. It was a windy day and, you know, it's a video, so you watch it. It was a windy day and he had a box of Cheerios in his hand. And he was talking about how, you know, these guys are going to burn in hell because the guys that ran um, General Mills, the president and vice president, were gay. And so (laughs) he lit this (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I know. I told you. You know, and and it gets worse. Got Cheerios in the distance. You got the okay, picture. You know? <laughs> so he lit the box on fire, and whoops, the wind caught it. And then, you know the commercial, the Ikea commercial where the woman is getting some really good um, prices and she runs out, start the car, start the car. You know, she's yelling to her husband to start the car to get away before Ikea realizes that they gave, you know, these bargains away. So you hear this yelling. He's yelling, start the car, start the car. And what happened is the box he dropped because he didn't want to burn his hand. So he dropped it onto the nice, beautiful green grass on that windy day. And hmm, so he was arrested and uh, he was out on bail. He lost his job. He was a real estate person. He lost his job. He was arrested and probably from heart failure because of what happened. His mother died. All with, and I'm reading all this on Google, you know, died within that, that first week. And then he was sitting and watching his sons play, uh, this is only a week later, play uh, tennis, and he died of a heart attack. And that's the end of that story. But it's kind of (laughs) mind-blowing. And and I was was upset because my best pen wasn't working well. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I don't know. My favorite pen, anyway. Well, you know what they say, and again, not to make light of anything uh, at all, but they I say know. T- today's crisis is tomorrow's joke. You know, you look back on things, mm-hmm. and not not many of us have gone through through the, the depth of negativity as you have. But you know, I give you a ton of credit um, for you know going through these things and being able to you know to to, to laugh about it because I can pretty damn guarantee that you weren't laughing when you were going through it, but it showed no, how strong you're right. you are <laughs> and, and, and how you were able to withstand everything. Um, you know, so for the, uh, you know, for, and, and take as long as you want, but for the Eric Jackson Lurie final word, uh, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson Lurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel, call Eric at 412-963-9308. A couple of things uh, finishing up where how people can contact or connect with you and, and buy your book. But what advice do you give people, Carol, who are going through anything? Because there's people out there, you know, I joked about my pen, but there's people out there who are going through whatever it is they're going through and they feel like it's, you know, a hell of a time. So what do you tell people out there? And, and one thing we all have in common is, like you said, we all go through stuff. We all go through hell. There's an old Italian saying, it sounds better in Italian, but my mom used to say all the time, nobody has worn the shirt of the content, meaning that everybody goes through something. So what advice do you give people? The name of my podcast, which is now in its eighth year, is Never Ever Give Up Hope. And I don't care what you are going through or what you have gone through. If you hang on to even that thread of hope, and look to a brighter future, you'll be able to pull yourself up by that thread. On my talk show, I interview, you were on there, Claudio, so that's how we met. Right. And I interview people who have come uh, many times to that last thread, just hanging on and never, and making the decision not to quit, not to give up. And it really is just that simple and just that hard. 
Right. There's no easy way of saying, um, well, if you do this and if you buy my book and if you, you know, do this and you do that, your life's going to change. But the bottom line is it all starts from within. And that is no matter what circumstances you're dealing with from without, you hang on to that thread that you have in our human spirit of not giving up tenacity, stick to itiveness. Right. Looking to the brighter side, looking to the future. So just never, never, ever give up hope. You, you know, and I, I told my my dad went through so many things in his life as well. And I remember one time we went for a walk and I asked him one time, I said, Dad, I said, uh, you know, how did you go through all the things that you went through? And he, and he said, I had to. I had a family to raise, you know. And, and, th- and then one time, I'll never forget, it was in the winter of 2001 uh, my dad and i were going to giant eagle and he he was only about maybe five five but he had thick hands and he grabbed my hand and he said claude he said i've never been so happy in my life and i said what are you talking about and i said i'm glad to hear that but what do you mean he says well he says you know you were always a great son to me and your mom and and we're so proud of you you know you've accomplished what we've always wanted you to accomplish all that kind of stuff. You married a great girl in Linda and your daughter, Ida, my God, who we named my mom after. We named my daughter after my mom. And he said, she just makes my face sore from smiling all the time. He said, I'm just, because my dad lived with us. And he said, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. Then I said, dad, I said, you know, your your mom passed away young. I said, uh, you know, your first wife passed away young and, and you had some other things happen. And then, you know, you got sick and you were told you were going to go blind. You lost your job. Then you developed a phobia. Then my mom got sick and passed away. Then you got sick again. He said, well, hell, I was happy until you brought all that up again. And he, he, was, he was pissed at me. He didn't talk to me the rest of the day. But, um, you know, you look back on things, like I said, and, and, and you say to yourself, you know, how did I go through those things? And like my dad said, you have to you know, to, to, to yes. take care of your family yes. or whatever it is. And, and that's what you've done. And, and how can people, uh, again, connect with you and listen to your show and buy your book? My book is Battered Hope, and it's on many different um, platforms. But, of course, Amazon would be the easiest. So that's Battered Hope. And the name of my talk show is Never Ever Give Up Hope. So it's all, if you put, a lot of times, if you just put hope in and my name, Carol Graham, it all comes up as well. Wow. So it's really, and, and hope is a subject that everybody wants to cling to anyway. So it's, it's, sure. it's very easy to find. And it's, the bottom line is never look at yourself as being hopeless. Right. Always look well, to hope. Like they say, uh, I always hear Joel Osteen say it, you're not buried, you're planted. So Uh, with that, Carol, again, I I really, really appreciate you sharing your story the way you did it. And it it does give people hope that, Hey, you know, she went through that and look at her at, listen to her attitude. And, uh, I give you a ton of credit. And I, again, I really appreciate you taking time and being on the show and thank you for having me on your show. I I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And you, you know how much I enjoyed this. It's it's a wonderful platform to just be able to run with the microphone and share my story. So right. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, well, thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. Best of luck with everything. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
Okay, everyone. Yeah, I, I really hope you not only enjoyed that, but as I said, uh, that, that it had impact on you. As always, want to thank our sponsors, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, uh, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Laurie, and the Craig Valley Rotary Club. You can get my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Wing Culture on the Field and in the Office, on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Don't forget about our great boxing show with Smoking Jim Frazier and Luther Dupree, The Boxing Authorities, live.vivetv.network. You have to sign in for it, but it's a great show. It'll be worth it. And my brand new show, Monday Night Impact with Mark Mancini from 5 to 5.30 Eastern Time. Uh, it's on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mancini Sports. You can get the archives here as well. You can listen to it on my Facebook page and my wonderful producer, Adam Zaluf, will soon be putting it on uh, my website for you to uh, listen to. Upcoming guests, we have a professional soccer player who has a podcast show called uh, The Frugal Athlete. And I hope I pronounce his name right, but it's a boy, Akugo. And he's a, he's a really interesting guy who's going to talk about professional sports, professional athletes, and their finances. Uh, we're still looking to get Rudy Rudiger on soon. And a few other guys that are going to be on that uh, are going to be great guests as well. And uh, as always, thank you, Rick Mitchell and Adams Loof. And of course, thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. Outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern solutions with the allergy care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? 
If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service above self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412 720 0298.